I'm very pleased to introduce uh, Walter, who's going to be giving us a, a different perspective on um, bibliometrics and citation. Thank you. <laughs> um, he's actually going to be talking about what they've uh, been doing in Wageningen um, in terms of using citations and um, how they've been doing that over a considerable amount of time, I think. So, yeah, yeah. over to you. Thank you very much, uh, Clary, for the invitation to attend here and uh, share, us, uh, share with you some of our experience. We have been doing uh, these kind of, uh, well, uh, bibliometric stuff since 2004. Actually, my boss did it already before that, but uh, since 2004 we are doing it on a more regular scale and, and more standardized ways. Um, the contents of my presentation tell a little bit about uh, research evaluation cycles in the Netherlands because they are slightly different from what happens in, in, uh, in England. Uh, some the UK, I should say, something about our uh, uh, current research information system and uh, repository, how we have developed a bibliometrics module on top of that. Um, I have some research questions to bibliometricians, to proper bibliometricians. I'm a librarian doing bibliometrics, which is quite different from bibliometricians, having all ample of time to do all kinds of funny, uh, nice research on, on this subject, but I can come, can't come around to, the, to doing these things. Uh, sketch you some of the developments in the marketplace, because there is a lot of happening at the moment. Uh, share you some lessons learned and some advice on how you can set up things, uh, in, in my view. Okay, in the Netherlands we have a, a research uh, assessment cycle every six years. Uh, it's supervised by the CANU, the Qualitative uh, Assurance in the Netherlands of the Netherlands Universities. And uh, every three years they have to do a, a midterm review. And it's all stipulated in an, uh, a standard evaluation protocol. My slides will become uh, available on SlideShare. And uh, this is a clickable link. This should have been there already, but something went wrong with uploading. And unfortunately, I don't have internet access here. We have Adorome in the Netherlands, but that's different from Adorome in the UK. Okay. Uh, one of the things in the standard evaluation protocol is that bibliometrics is not part of, of that. Um, in the, uh, in the set criteria, it says something about quality, uh, it says something about productivity, societal relevance, vitality and visibility. And uh, our library uh, has uh, um, already for years had a role in uh, uh, doing something with uh, the productivity, just measuring the output. Uh, we have this current research information system called, in the Netherlands it's called Natis. Um, uh, so we could count all the publications, uh, all the reports, all the uh, conference proceedings, and these kind of things that we provided. And then in the field of quality, we uh, developed a bibliometrics module on top of our uh, repository, actually. Um, and there we say something about impact. Not quality, but as Jonathan explained already, that's a proxy for uh, uh, quality. Um, Metis is our current uh, research information system. Actually, all Dutch universities at this moment, when I said that before the change of the year it was true, were using METIS. Now uh, we had a European uh, tender that collapsed twice and all universities are now on their own and, and looking for their own follow-up of METIS. Some universities uh, uh, will stick to METIS and other universities will look at uh, the ATIRAs and the oh no, Elsevier's nowadays and, and AVEDAS uh, and, and other solutions that are available. Um, but METIS is basically used at most universities at the moment. 
uh, in our uh, situation is that uh, data entry into Metis is, is done at the uh, chair group level. Mostly not the researchers themselves, but the secretary at the chair group is entering uh, all the data into the system. But then the quality control of the library kicks in. Uh, we also locate uh, the full text of all the publications and uh, upload that to our uh, electronic uh, depot. Uh, we maintain the journal list in which we uh, make a distinction whether it's a peer-reviewed journal, a trade journal, or a, a conference proceedings. It, apparently, secretaries have a great difficulty of telling one from the other. Whereas you are trained in metadata and, and deal with publications all the time, secretaries at, at chair groups, they see a publication, I think it's a book chapter or it's a, a conference proceedings, they can't tell the difference. So there we have a, a, a lot of work to do. Uh, so that's document type assignation, inclusion of DOIs and checking those DOIs. Um, the nice thing is over the years we have worked so hard on our uh, current research information systems that uh, it's compulsory to register in METIS and if it's not registered in METIS it doesn't count for the research evaluations so that's years of hard work but then you have some position and uh, uh, it's a flying wheel kicking in and uh, you get more and more uh, registrations uh, furthermore, uh, as a, a, a procuratrice has, it has all kind of information on labor relations of faculty and staff, on project uh, uh, administration and, and these kind of things, so we can link that all together. Um, it's not, METIS is not the public view, that's only the, uh, the back end of the whole system. All the information entered into METIS is made uh, available on publications in our repository. And our repository acts as a, a, a full repository of all metadata of all our publications. It's not a, uh, only an, an open access repository, but it's, an, uh, it's all the metadata descriptions are available. Uh, it's called Wageningen Yield. Uh, it's synchronized overnight. It, at the moment it con contains over 190,000 uh, uh, metadata descriptions. Um, last year they entered something like 16,000 uh, publications but now under the uh, pressure of showing societal re uh, uh, um, impact it's also television recordings are entered into it, media appearances interviews in newspapers, it's all entered into uh, uh, our uh, current research information system um, and of all those 190,008 uh, items 40,000, over 40,000 nowadays are uh, 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 publicly available in open access. Here you see all the repositories in the Netherlands, and this is the uh, Wageningen Yield. We have far more in open access than any other university in, in the Netherlands. And one of the reasons is because we have a comprehensive registration of all the output, and we sometimes decide whether something is open access or not. Uh, an example of that is there was a, a, a journal... They call themselves a journal, uh, it's actually a conference proceedings, and I knew from researchers, actually I published in that journal myself as well, you never signed over your uh, uh, um, uh, author rights. So at a certain moment we decided that uh, all the publication in that journal could be made available in open access. So that was with a, a single switch of, the, of, of a button, and then we had another thousand publications available in open access. That's an advantage of registering all your uh, output there. Um, and Wageningen Yield is also our uh, tool for citation analysis, and we do a, a form of advanced bibliometrics, like the way uh, Jonathan was sketching you. Um, 
This is something like a relational diagram, uh, all kinds of things. But here, Metis is uh, core, and Wageningen Yield is the public interface to it. All the researchers who want to see their impact, they can go to Wageningen Yield. To see the research impact, you have to log in. Otherwise, you only see publications, but then you get also, uh, if you want to, you get figures and see uh, how, um, uh, how well you perform. We have other services developed on that as well. Tenure track has become very important at our university, and we also generate the research credits report for the tenure track report, which consists of a lot more, but the research credits on the number of publications, etc., you get from uh, Wageningen Yield. So it's, it's proving ever, ever more useful to uh, uh, researchers to register in our systems. Um, actually, I can skip this because Jonathan covered this already. What does a citation actually mean? Um, this example, and uh, I always use examples for mathematics, uh, the baselines here, the averages, the top 10%, top 1%. I find an extremely useful measure, the percentage of top 10% uh, 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 papers. Um, the CWTS, the, the bibliometricians in, in the Netherlands, they are launching their new set of uh, uh, university rankings and they're going to rely more on the 17th of April this year and they're going to rely more and more on the, the percentage of top 10% uh, uh, papers rather than the averages. Um, I like that uh, indicator uh, a lot as well. Um, that's your thing, etc. And this is the molecular biology. The meaning of those lines is completely different from mathematics because it runs here till 400, but I can quickly skip this. This is what we actually uh, uh, calculate now for uh, a single publication. Um, we get our baselines from the essential science indicators at this moment. There's a big disadvantage to the uh, essential science indicators, but when we started in 2007 with this system, it was the only uh, publicly available uh, um, benchmarking set you could buy. Uh, so it's for 22 different uh, research fields. Uh, so this publication was published in Chemosphere. That's categorized in environment and ecology. The baseline da data from 2001, you can see it's an older example because at the moment the baselines in the essential science indicators go back to 2002 because it's the uh, 10 years and the current year building, so it's 2002 till, till now. Um, and then this paper had an impact of nearly five times above the world average, and it belongs uh, uh, easily um, uh, in, within the top 10%, not yet uh, sufficient citation to belong to, to the top 1%. But I find the top 1% really... Um, uh, well, too few papers uh, are categorized, so it's not meaningful anymore. Top 10% is just a nice figure uh, to work with. Um, and we do keep track in this way of about 22,000 papers at the moment. So everything since 2002 till now is covered uh, and covered in Web of Science. We couple with Web of Science and, and uh, uh, do these calculations. Um, how we actually do it is, is indicated in this slide, and, and you can see all our uh, calculations. Uh, this is a, an example of the results for a, a, a research group, and they are, on average, 60% above the world average. And then this is called the relative impact and the different fields in which they have, which they have published. In the current reports, we still uh, calculate the crown indicator. And if you're really interested in uh, um, uh, bibliometrics, then you know that in 2010, 
a whole discussion uh, exploded uh, uh, in the bibliometrics world because Lut Leidersdorf attacked uh, Van Raan and his group on how they calculated uh, matters. Since then, uh, a whole new, uh, 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 well, whole new collections of metrics are appearing, and um, uh, I think that Lut Leidersdorf, together with uh, Lutz Bornmann, are competing uh, in proving that uh, uh, Nezian van Eck and uh, um, Lutz Waldman are doing it still in the wrong way, but uh, CWTS people are proving that uh, uh, the other camp is doing it not as good as they are doing. But it's a nice discussion, and we just follow this discussion and learn along the way, and we will adapt our uh, calculations uh, uh, whilst the science evolves. Um, what is really important, and what our scientists do like, is if you produce a report like that with their report figures, that you include the list of publications involved there as well, and here we in, uh, uh, give... Uh, all the, uh, um, the references included. We link uh, straight into uh, Web of Science to check the current uh, uh, number of citations, uh, the research field in which it was, and the relative impact. So this was what, this actual paper is 74% uh, of the world average, and hopefully I did include an example uh, that was higher. No, but normally we include if it's a 10% paper or a 1% paper uh, as well. But this is really valued by our researchers, because normally, uh, in the way the research uh, uh, exercises work in the Netherlands, is that universities ring in into Leiden, uh, uh, Leiden uh, uh, catches a nice sum of money, and they produce a report. It's a patient paper what is being produced, but then it's only the metrics and not the papers that are involved in there. So you get your results, and you don't see what was actually being used. CWTS is changing. They, they are coming up with new citation tools. I will mention that a little bit later. Because they have come to realize that scientists uh, um, uh, don't accept that anymore. They want to have insight in how things work. So transparency is of utmost importance and, and that we do provide here. Um, this is an example of uh, um, uh, a table which is used to calculate your uh, impact points for the research, uh, um, research credit in your um, uh, tenure track report. We look at uh, the journals in which you have published in the, the quartiles of the journal citation report. So the number of articles you, you published in uh, quartile 1 journals, quartile 2, quartile 3 and quartile 4. So these are the top journals. Uh, the second tier, just above the, the world average in, in their group in the journal citation report and, and the lower ones. And also, we score the, the non-ISI journals uh, as well, because not ISI... We, we still call it ISI. Yeah. We should change that, but it's such a... Well, everybody knows what we mean here. <laughs> probably non-JCR is, is, is probably better. And uh, our board of directors really cherish those publications in journals with impact factors higher than, than 20. That's an, a nice to have. Uh, for the university as a whole, it's far more important to look at these figures. Do you actually aim for those top journals? Um, and the other thing is, this is uh, our, uh, uh, in, uh, our dashboard where you can do searches. The nice thing is that... Uh, um, we have all these publications. I, I mentioned 22,000 publications that are covered 
for the bibliometrics report, but 190,000 uh, publications cover for everything. But here you can search for research institutes, you can search for chair groups, you can search for individual researchers if you want to, graduate schools, projects, uh, research teams. Well, we have twice projects, that's an, uh, an anomaly in, 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 the, in the screen. And uh, for all of the university, uh, for the university and its research institutes, uh, or one of the polytechnics that's part of, of, uh, the, uni of the greater university as a whole. So the, the advantage of, of this system is that we can slice and dice our data set uh, um, any way we wish. And that's the important thing uh, to realize. Um, uh, working with... Uh, uh, um, well, you have all the information, your current research information, and we get the citation data and the, the benchmarks in that system, and then we calculate uh, the things for the whole group, rather than pumping our information into another party's software to do the calculations there. Uh, that's, I think it's a big, big, big advantage. Um, as far as the, the calculations, we follow uh, uh, CWTS in, in, in how to uh, do these things uh, uh, properly. Um, there is a limitation. Uh, we can't make uh, corrections for cell citations. Uh, the baselines we're using from the essential science indicators haven't been corrected either. And my question always is to uh, CWTS, how do you deal with the physics papers from CERN with uh, 3,300 researchers? Are you sure that the PLE you are actually uh, indicating is not the PLE who's also in another project in physics related? And then they say, well, yeah, we do correct as good as possible, but it's not perfect. Um, and what we can, and CWTS can't, is we can tell something about the representativeness of uh, of, of the sample we, we uh, actually investigate, because we claim to have the full set. If you look at a, a, a research group, they produce refereed articles, non-refereed articles, all kinds of uh, things, and conference papers, a total of academic publications over a certain period, uh, 500 publications. Then, of those uh, refereed articles, 288 were covered in the Web of Science, so the representativeness is uh, uh, 89% which is for this group fine. Actually, because we are at the Life Sciences University, um, I think 85% of our research is in some way uh, uh, related to life sciences, and only 15% is uh, social sciences. These figures are uh, quite normal uh, at, at our university. Um, some differences, uh, some research questions is actually that there is a difference between prospective versus retro, uh, retrospective analyses. It's not much published uh, about, but CWTS in the Netherlands, and, and they do it here in, in England as well, is that they actually look at the current constitution of a research group and look at the publications of the current staff, and that they call a prospective analysis. So the current researchers, but then they go 10 years back. So it is, has no relation to the actual output of that research group which was there over the past 10 years. It's not a historical output. Um, sometimes they miss some retired pixels. Uh, I, I've seen those uh, uh, things playing up that some groups thought, well, we were really doing well, but then 
a professor retired, and that was not included in analysis by CWTS. Um, whereas we uh, are really strong at uh, 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 retrospective analyses, because we actually record what has been done by the group, and not we don't ingest the, uh, the papers of a, a researcher which is newly employed at the university, even though he has a, a, a history at another uh, uh, department or the university. No, we are not interested in that. We are actually interested in the actual uh, situation. There is not a lot of research done on the differences between uh, retrospective versus prospective analyses, and uh, that's because uh, to pinpoint actually a, a paper to by who it was published in what relation to a group is sometimes very difficult. If you trust on the data provided by the researchers, that's sometimes sometimes completely wrong. Um, they say they're working here, but they didn't work there yet, and, and, and vice versa. Um, so we really need more uh, research in this area. Certainly if you claim to do a prospective analysis and you go 10 years back, that's a bit of, uh, well, for me it's, it's uh, a bit long. Cell citations was mentioned uh, already. I think that uh, correcting for self citation in Web of Science, uh, Web of Science offered this, this uh, opportunity for uh, correct for self citations, but it's always um, a, a, a one-sided correction for self citations. If you have a couple of co-authors, it's not being corrected there. And I think Thompson is only in the position to do this properly if all researcher IDs will be complete there. And, and, and that's not how many researcher IDs are there compared to how many researchers there are in the world. We, we don't know yet. Um, correcting for cell citations uh, in Scopus is possible. It's more reliable than in Web of Science, but I know from the uh, uh, Scopus IDs, which are available, that's not always uh, perfect data either. But um, they're actually performing better in that respect than uh, uh, Thompson at the moment. But at the, uh, at the end of the uh, uh, row, Belgian research has shown that it has not a tremendous uh, influence. And, and Jonathan just mentioned it as well. It's not always so important to correct for these cell citations. And cell citations are a natural part of the sciences. You build up upon your previous work. And it's a, it's a, it's a sign uh, if there if scientists don't cite their own work whatsoever. I've seen these kinds of things happen in some of the social sciences where they had uh, uh, uncited uh, rates of 50% of their work were uh, uncited. In the life sciences part of the university you hardly ever see that. It's only a few percent of the papers that in the end are not cited. Okay, well the point I want to make here is that uh, what I see happening in England uh, that there is a lot of investment in current research information systems. And those current, the investment in current research information systems call in themselves upon uh, a new investment into analytical tools upon uh, all those current research information systems. So you invest in current research information systems, you collect a lot of data, you do a lot of uh, labor in, in that area, and then what are you going to do with those uh, 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 data? Well, there are the same parties. Well, no, different parties step in because a few, a while back, Pure, Avidas, Symplectic, they were not data providers for analytical tools. That has changed over the last summer. 
because uh, uh, Elsevier bought Pure, so they have a double position in there. But there was a healthy market for uh, the analytical companies to uh, provide insights into all that uh, collected data. Um, and uh, we started uh, with Web of Science data, we used the essential science indicators, and then later uh, Thompson developed uh, uh, the insights uh, dashboard as well. Uh, more advanced, but my main problem is, I, I hinted on that already, that you have your information in your CRIS system, and then you have to pump it over to your insight system, and that to me seems like uh, double work. And uh, the way that I sketched our universe, and universities in general are like that, like you can have the departmental organization, but we have graduate schools as well, and they're actually, it's a matrix organization. So if you want to have the, the, the clustering for the graduate schools, you have to make another rake, to say, to put that into uh, uh, your, your analytical tools as well. So you have to do these double administrations. And I thought that current research information systems were invented not to do these double administrations. So I'm a, a big fan of getting the data out of the analytical tools and into the current research information systems. And some of the vendors are listening to me, and, and I don't know actually what, what uh, uh, Thompson is doing in this field yet, but uh, I'm, I'm willing to listen to uh, later on to Andrew. Um, Strata actually has the same problem. Strata was uh, started to devise in the same way as uh, that you had to pump your information, you had meticulously uh, uh, collected, uh, uh, organized, etc. Pump that over into Seifel uh, uh, Strata and then do these analyses. I've been discussing this with uh, 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 Elsevier for quite some time and they're making progress in, in trying to develop APIs and getting the uh, information the other way uh, as well. At least that's what they promised me and, and we have to see what's, what's going to uh, happening in, in that world. Um, I find uh, Strata interesting uh, uh, because Scopus has a, a larger uh, um, journal data set uh, which is more useful to us uh, uh, so we can cover a larger share of the research output compared to Thomson, but Thomson is really growing rapidly because a few years ago it had 4,500 journals covered in uh, Web of Science. We are now at 10,500 journals. And I assume that the next update we will e have even more uh, journals there. So I think it's nice to see some competition in this area. Uh, a third party you might not be aware of is that uh, CWTS is coming with a commercial tool uh, in this market as well. They're trying to sell their services uh, uh, in the same way. The nice thing about the CWTS is that they are really the researchers as well. So they come with a whole set of new uh, impact measurements, uh, far more advanced than uh, either Strata or Insights is providing at the moment. Um, um, and the interesting thing is that they promise me that they can do it either with Scopus data, if I want to, or with Web of Science data. That's a, a, a point I want to make as well, is that what I see as a danger is that um, in a lot of universities, the decision on um, that you go either to Insights or to Strata is taken by a kind of a research office. 
and that decision is taken by those research and administer, uh, administrators. Whereas we in the libraries, we deal with the databases, scopus, or web of science. But then if the research office decides to go with either one of those products, then the researchers are going to ask to the library, I want to check my data, and I want to have access to this database. So then a decision in the research office is enforcing the library to buy either product. So it is a, a very uh, uh, um, important decision that the research office sometimes takes that has its repercussions for you, you as a library. So be in discussion with your uh, uh, research office. And um, um, uh, in our situation is that I'm in the position that I can advise the research office uh, uh, for which of the products we are going to use to do these kind of uh, uh, analyses because we are doing it for the research office rather than that the research office is doing it. Um, so CWTS is there uh, with the op option to be uh, database agnostic whereas the, uh, the normal like of CWTS goes to uh, Web of Science data rather than Scopus data because it's a little bit more standardized. I don't know if you ever have worked with uh, uh, the reference list of uh, Web of Science or the reference list with Scopus. If you download them from Web of Science, they come out uh, in tabular format and, and you have, although it's very dirty data you're working with, uh, you have to do a lot of data cleaning and, and these kind of things, but it's more manageable than uh, the direct downloads you get from the Scopus data. Um, so, CWTS, I think they will la launch this uh, uh, CWTS Monitor, which is a running title, on April the 17th when they launch the, the new Leiden ranking as well. That's what they're aiming for, but uh, if it actually materialize, but they will certainly launch uh, a, a new product, which is really competitive to uh, uh, these other tools. So that's what's happening in, in the marketplace. Is Google Scholar an option? No, it's not. Um, it is very popular uh, uh, by social scientists uh, and arts and humanities. We don't have too many of them, but those we have at our university are always in favor of Google Scholar. I fully understand why. But if you want to do a proper advanced bibliometric analysis, you need to have a full data set to benchmark and, and make baselines and these kind of things. And have you ever tried to get more than 1,000 results out of any Google product? Simply, you can't. So, there is no way of, of doing these things. So, unless Google is going to provide these kind of uh, uh, baseline information, you're not going to do anything uh, uh, with them. The only thing that does a fairly decent job is uh, Hartzing, Publish or Paris, but it's good in calculating an H-index only and not uh, give those advanced bibliometric indicators like top 10% or uh, relative impacts and, and these kind of things. The, uh, our uh, rector of the university is really happy with age indexes, but we try to tell and educate researchers there's more than an age index and you should look at more indicators than only uh, an age index. Although you should proudly uh, present your age index if it's high on your CV, of course, if you apply for a new job. The age index is there to stay, so you have to present age indexes, but it's not the only uh, metric that, that's there. So, but Google Scholar, of course, and, and Google Scholar can't, can't count. I probably don't have to explain that, but uh, you see all kinds of weird things happening 
with citation data. Okay, and the area to watch, and uh, Andrea is here with us, um, and I didn't put Plum Analytics in there in this slide, sorry! <laughs> but it's a quickly developing, um, and uh, I'm at the moment watching uh, to include these kind of metrics in our uh, uh, open access part of the repository that we can get some additional information, not only the downloads, but also mentions in, in, uh, in, in social media, or saves in Mendeley, Th those are really, for me, I think, from the altmetrics, the most interesting ones, uh, uh, those saves in, in Mendeley, like how many times are you read by all the researchers in Mendeley. Um, so we look into uh, ways of uh, going to include this in, in our repository, and uh, except for uh, Plum Analytics, there are some other uh, players in, in, in the market as well. So, um, the, this question I posed already, if you maintain your uh, current research information, why should you pump over all your information to another system to do these kind of analyses, rather do it the other way uh, around? And um, I'm not really sure about... The, uh, the level of detail, you can actually share all the information to make them uh, publicly or within, available within the university in an easy way uh, that you show the uh, analyses have been done in this and this way on, on, on the database. I'm not sufficiently uh, uh, aware of how that, that works, so I can't really judge that. But it's, I think it's an important question you always have to ask if you buy in one of these uh, systems. Um, Lessons learned in Wageningen. Am I keeping my time? One of the in important things, when we, st I started with building this, uh, well, I didn't build it, but I designed it and my, uh, uh, well, um, information people build it actually. We had in uh, Wageningen Yield, we had uh, nearly 11,000 uh, uh, peer-reviewed research articles, and from Web of Science we recovered uh, 9,500 research articles. You think at first sight it's a pretty good max, but there were some odds there. So uh, when we uh, uh, looked, we didn't have a comprehensive registration of everything. We retrieved from Web of Science another 800 uh, articles that were not registered in our systems in 2007. But on the other hand, we found another 1,100 articles that were registered in our system that should have been retrieved using a full A4 of variations of names of uh, our university, um, because our researchers make really a mess of their uh, own identity. Um, we found another 1159 papers that we should have uh, retrieved from Web of Science easily, but couldn't in first go, uh, and, and we actually had to um, uh, match them as well, because they were claimed, uh, well, well, I was on a, um, um, a sabbatical at another university, and oh yes, of course my university paid for my sabbatical, but I forgot to include my affiliation, and these kind of stupid things, Th those happen. And then of course, the top is those papers that were uh, actually uh, published in journals not covered by uh, Web of Science. This was 2007, Web of Science has grown over then, um, the, the system has been in place a, a lot more years, uh, so coverage nowadays is a lot better, but still, every year, we find uh, publications in Web of Science that should have been entered and then still forgotten by researchers that they should have entered them. 
So, so we do a lot of sweeping behind the scenes as well to try to uh, do it as comprehensively as possible. It's a lot of hard work to keep track of all these publications. And um, I think that the library is in a better position than all the commercial uh, 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 solution providers because we know our people much better. Um, a nice thing uh, of uh, the tenure track I mentioned, uh, actually, is that if you look at the percentage of uh, articles published in those top quartile journals covered by uh, the journal citation reports, and also at the percentage of top 10% uh, 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 articles, then from 2007 till 2010, you see that uh, the researchers increased quite rapidly because they got more points, they got six points for an article published in a quartile one journal compared to only three points for a quartile two journal and no points for quartile uh, 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 three and four. So there's a, a, a really big push to go to the top journals in the web of science uh, and then you see that pays off in percentage of uh, uh, top 10% uh, papers as well. So when I showed this to the director, he was really happy with us. Um, and I'm now working it out for uh, 2011 because it's now early 2010 and then only we start to look at uh, the citation impact of the 2011 papers. It's way too early to look at the 2012 papers to say something about citation uh, 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 statistics. That's also why for a tenure track report where we look at a quick evaluation cycle at those journals having a journal impact factor at those quartile one journals because then you can say at least something quickly about the quality or the perceived impact something is going to have chances are uh, that, that you have better papers okay why in the library I already mentioned this um, we have a lot of experience with metadata which is not commonly available in, in the rest of the university we manage those contracts with the, with the publisher already for years yeah, Thompson and, 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 and our university library, we, we go back years uh, in relationship. Um, we also have uh, uh, experience with developing and maintaining large databases, and the library has ample experience in searching uh, complicated databases such as Web of Science, which is really an important remark now as well, because since Web, Web of Science 5 is there available, Searching for a single author has become more and more a pain in the ass than it was ever before. <laughs> Sorry, I had to make this remark. Um, okay, uh, the advantages of uh, using this system of metis and Wageningen yield, that uh, bef before 2007 8 uh, we did these kind of analyses in, in, in just databases, made improvements to the data, but that wasn't fed back into the system, and that's so important. If we make an improvement to one of the publications, it is an improvement to the quality of the data for all of the university. So that's a nice way. Uh, the knowledge and experience uh, with bibliometric analyses is better institutionalized. Well, at least even when I leave the, uh, our library, they still have the, the system to run these reports and to generate the data then they have to do the uh, interpretation, but, but still that you can learn. Um, we can give a lot more uh, visibility to the university through uh, open access uh, management. <coughs> the system, the way we run it, has more uh, clarity and transparency. Uh, analysis of a single unit gives uh, benefits to all of the university because um, 
there's no need to have a bibliometric system that updates itself every week or every day. There's no sense in doing that. But if you update this three or four times a year, that's far more. Uh, uh, that's that's sufficient, and it's actually the pace that we do these kind of uh, analyses for parts of the university because uh, we have university and research institutes. Those research institutes they have a different cycle of research evaluation. So I'm doing now uh, at the beginning of the year in March. I will do for two research institutes these kind of analyses and. Uh, and later in the year another one, and, and that's the, the pace uh, in which we update uh, uh, our whole system. And being in the library, it's nice to have this data and look at it, because we know much better where our researchers publish, we know what they cite, and we know something about their impact. And actually when we know what, where they publish, if you go back to the origins of uh, citation analyses that were actually people in the library who were actually doing a collection analysis whether their collection was covering the materials the researchers needed. And what we do now um, oh, just wait what we do now make, keep that there for, for another slide <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Um, raising library awareness I find really important I gave a lot of I gave at the beginning a lot of presentation on how the system works but nowadays I give a lot of presentations on publication strategy. Um, you mentioned already that uh, there are a lot of smart researchers out there, but it's amazing how little they actually know about how these uh, research assessments work, how the publication metrics works, what kind of things you can do to enhance your impact, for instance, selecting better journals that has been shown to improve uh, the sightedness of your articles. These kinds of presentations are really uh, hot at the moment at our university. So I give a, a, a lot of advice. Actually, I, I, always, I, I now start to talk to uh, journal editors in our university. Like, I want to get my journal in, covered in uh, Web of Science. How should I improve my journal? And then I can give some sensible advice based on our experience with bibliometrics, based on our experience of how this whole thing of citations uh, work and how publishing works. Uh, closing the circle, um, one of the nice things is that we keep track uh, of all the reference lists of those papers covered in Web of Science and then uh, um, we feed that back in our catalogue system and we came up with a journal recommenders uh, 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 system. So actually if you go to the journal browse you get the ordering here that the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, Nature and Science are the most cited journals at Wageningen University. And then that it is Wageningen University, you can see here, because the fourth most uh, cited journal is Applied and Environmental Microbiology. There's probably not another university that has this as the third largest uh, journal there. And the fifth, uh, fifth most uh, is the International Dairy Journal, because we are Wageningen. Uh, so we can uh, rank them on importance, and importance is the number of citations in the past three years. We use this in an other way as well. We get um, uh, a bill from a large publisher. Don't call them Elsevier, but let's take Springer for instance. And we get a bill for all the Springer journals, the big deal for Springer journals. And uh, it says so many thousand dollars, or uh, euros in, in our case of course. 
How do you divide this bill over all of your university? We look at the usage of all the Springer journals in our system. It's been cited so many times by these uh, departments, and we can actually go to the individual researchers if we want to. But that's not where we put the bill. So we look at the, the five departments we have at the university, and social science is paying this much amount based on the percentage of citations they are using. Uh, um, food sciences has that part of the sh share of the bill. Social, uh, uh, um, plant sciences, so much, etc. So it gives us insight into the usage of journals far more better than we ever had before. And that's all thanks to keeping track of all those uh, publication lists. So in the, in the end, you're back into the old-fashioned library role of counting references and seeing how much your uh, 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 journals have been used. So um, my advice to you is if you want to set up a system like that, start small and gain experience, show you can pull it off, be transparent, show them how you do it, show all the data how you calculate this, and then where do you get your funds? Well, our university had a hotline to CWTS every time a new uh, research evaluation came. And when I explained to the director that we had an idea of uh, uh, doing it ourselves, then he said, well, I better invest in my own resources, in my own system, rather than uh, to Leiden University, which he still sees as a competitor in that way. So invest it in your own system uh, and, and build up your own uh, uh, metrics lab. Okay. This is where my presentation is. It will become available later tonight on SlideShare. And similar presentations are there available already. Okay. Right. Thank you very much, Mark. Does anyone have any questions? Philip. <laughs> 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 Please say your name and where you're from. Philip Fennell from Thomson Reuters slash ISI. <laughs> uh, you raised a couple of questions. I just want to give quick answers and then I have a question for you. Um, you mentioned um, the difficulties of using or you want to avoid having to export data from Chris into Insights and then yeah. bring it back again. So we've developed an API um, for all of the Insights indicators. So you can now extract Insights data straight into um, a CRIS system, whether it's your own CRIS system like Metis, or if it's um, uh, one that you've purchased like, yeah. uh, like the others. Um, Thank you for clarifying that. Yes, yes, that's okay. And the second, second thing is, you've uh, referred a couple of times to the growth in the size of the Web of Science database. I would just urge you, in, when, you're, when you're talking about research evaluation, to try to steer away from thinking like um, from the library perspective in terms of journal numbers and more towards the researcher perspective and think about the number of articles in any kind of database. So now 53 million papers, we're adding 2 million a year and um, more than 60 million citations. Yeah. More than a million citations a week. Well, if, if I put my bibliometricians hat on, yeah. then I fully agree with uh, Eugene Garfield that most of the citation traffic takes place in those top 2,500 journals anyway. Mm -hmm. So that is the right size to have a, a valuable measure. But then, think of the researcher again. They always come to me then, why is my journal not covered? And um, uh, um, it's interesting. In, in, I, I have these discussions a lot in the social science department. 
uh, an example is that in 2005 we, we did the first exercise in, the, uh, in a department called Education and Competence Studies. And then they said uh, to me, like, um, well, look at our journals where we publish, and none of these journals uh, is actually covered in, in your uh, analyses. Um, and so, what do we do wrong? And can you show me then where we should publish? And we showed them the list of education studies in, in uh, the journal citation report and said, and then the first thing is they denied. I said, no, 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 they're, they're not good. These are the good journals because we have always published these. And now we are in 2012. And if I now look at the same department, they have changed their whole publication strategy. And they're all publishing their best research in those journals covered by the journal citation report. Not only because the journal citation report has expanded in that area, but also because they have changed their act and, and, and they're uh, going, going into those journals. So uh, it's also um, for them, it was an eye opener. Look, hey, there are some other journals around there which we normally never looked at and are interesting to us, to our field. So let's try and publish there and see. And they could see they were successful in publishing there. So that's also uh, uh, a thing. One of these things is like um, the researchers in certain areas say always, like those 22 fields of essential uh, science, that's not. Uh, that doesn't fit us. We, we publish in the, in a niche area somewhere on the brink of this field, that field, and, and that field. Can't you make a, a baseline for that, our specific? Then I always tease them back and say, well, these are the 22 fields, and you try to perform as best as possible in one of these 22 fields. If I make a field small enough to fit exactly your behavior and your field of research, <coughs> You're the only one left in that field, so you're king. <laughs> so that, there's no incentive to try to push higher. So that's what I still like of those broad categories in, in the sense of science. Um, actually, I, I, um, two years ago, I, I, I talked to David Kotelko, uh, yeah, and he wasn't sure about uh, whether uh, Thompson would. Uh, 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 continue with uh, uh, essential science indicators or not. That was still dubious at that time. Uh, a while back, I got confirmation that uh, uh, there was even a press release from uh, Thompson that they would continue with, uh, I, uh, with the essential science indicators. But still, to answer to the demand for more refined uh, um, uh, statistics, for more refined fields, because 22 is a bit crude, I must admit, but it still has a troll. Uh, I'm looking into the different uh, systems to try to, to make decisions at some time, uh, whether it's perhaps uh, interesting for us to use Insights or Strata or go to CWTS. That's why I'm watching these developments of this going on. And I see that's now a lot, a lot is happening. Because if you break it down to a, a subject category so small that there's only one journal in it, then you'll have, let's say, 10 or 12,000 categories, and the, 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 um, the output and performance goes all over the place. Yeah. Whereas if you use these very, very broad categories, you, you can find that um, you see hardly any change, and your, the actual changes are not reflected. Um, very no, 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 you see change. You do see change. If you looked at the Web of Science categories, the, the 250, yeah. and if so, what do you find there? 
Well, because we don't have baseline data for those 250. I wish you had uh, proper baseline data available uh, for them in the sense of science indicators. I can give you an answer, but at the moment not. And that's the problem. I'm not a bibliometrician uh, free of with ample time to do these kind of analyses. I do classify books as well, and I have to do collection management as well, and I have to do education as well, and I have to do bibliometrics uh, so now and then. And just a, a, another question on your final point. You said you charge back to the different departments. Yeah, a lot. Uh, based upon, was it the citations they receive or the citing or the, the citations that they are actually making to other journals? Uh, the citations they make to other journals. So it's the analysis of their reference list. So do you think that in order to pay less um, back to the library, they will now change their citation behavior? <laughs> no, no, because the total sum uh, will remain the same. The division will be different. <laughs> but they could say internally in their department, let's, let's okay. cite less because then we have to pay back less. Yeah, but you know as, as well as I do that if you cite more, your impact... Uh, increases, so that's another. <laughs> so it's money for uh, citations. <laughs> An economist would love this. Uh, <laughs> okay, but Philip, I want to shut you down for a moment. Are there other questions? <laughs> <laughs> I finished. <laughs> yes. I, I was interested in um, all the number of, of other things that you're doing. So how big have you got people helping you with, with this area, or how many people? Um, well, um, the thing is that uh, um, doing the registration of all the publications in, in Nature and Ray, that is a task uh, uh, put on the library by the research office, and we get paid for that, and doing the data cleaning, etc. We have actually a team of three people uh, uh, involved there full-time. Um, that doesn't count me. Uh, over time, I got more and more of my time spent into these bibliometric things. The, the, the odd thing that is my experience is that uh, the nicer tools you build, the more questions you get for other analyses. So I have to provide, I, I have to spend more and more time doing all kinds of other analyses. So I have now a uh, 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 standing appointment with the dean's office. Any time there is an appointment for a new professor, I get the candidates and have to do an analysis of the candidates. Because it's not only that they report their own age index, they want to look into the, the proper metrics as well. Um, these are nice things for us as a library to be in. So the, the library director says, Bowser, please go ahead and do these kinds of things and spend your time on that because it's seen as valuable to the university. Um, it's also that uh, some institutes want to know where are we on the market. So it's more like a competitive analysis. Who are our competitors? What are they doing? Where are they standing in comparison to us? That's uh, all the things as well. And also, that was a, a tremendously difficult exercise, is not actually judging candidates who apply for a job, but trying to find suitable candidates to ask to apply for a job. That's these kind of strategic things where involved in as well. But that, that the last one is a tricky one. But but we do a lot of these kind of things. Yeah. It's normally it's my work and, and I have uh, one or two people I can sometimes ask to uh, help me out if it's uh, a little bit too much. Yeah. But it's a self-created position. Yeah. <laughs>
Does anyone else have any burning questions for the latter? No, in which case it's time for lunch.